I'd like to welcome Thrawn's Revenge to this episode of Crossing the Streams. Welcome to you, Thrawn. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really, really great. Uh, thank you for coming on here. Uh, it's uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to you know kind of see your streams. I've been lurking in a lot of them lately. I, I apologize for not saying a whole lot. There's there's definitely some wonderful stuff going on on your channel. And as always, I'd like to start the show by asking you to describe uh, what your channel and your community are all about. Yeah. Um, so I'm Thrawn's Revenge. I am heavily influenced by Star Wars, if you couldn't tell. Um, <clears throat> my content is mostly Lego designing on Studio. Uh, I use that program exclusively. I used to use LDD when I was younger, but I switched to Studio after finding it out. Um, my community, I'd say, is very well connected to the VTuber community, since that's kind of where I started from. Um, I had a lot of friends who were VTubers who were like, hey, your content is good. You should just stream it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, that's kind of how this all started in terms of Twitch. Excellent. How often how often do you uh, stream? Ooh, I, I try to stream once or twice a week. It's really random because um, my schedule, you know, I come home from work and sometimes I'm just too tired to do it or I'm very busy. But I try to stream once or twice a week, um, usually at about. 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, I try to hit the Tuesday, Thursdays. Sometimes I'll do some on the weekend. Sometimes they'll be extra. Sometimes they'll be less. It's fluctuates a lot. I'm really bad at keeping a proper schedule. Fair. So you you describe uh, you describe your your channel is you know a lot of Lego design. You work in studio. Uh, how long have you been uh, doing that on stream? Ooh, I want to say a year. Plus, I could be wrong. I'm really bad at remembering dates. Um, I started Studio Proper two-ish years ago, two and a half years ago, um, after having someone ask for instructions for one of my models that I posted online, um, which is kind of how all of that started. So I was getting requests, and it got to the point where I was like, I might as well give it a shot and see how it goes. So that's kind of how all that started <laughs> yeah you know, the pandemic yeah. kept me at home a lot and i had nothing better to do i couldn't really find work so it ended up being my work i see and so uh you know you you were you were doing um you're doing mocks people were, were asking for your directions uh i guess i'd love to back it up a little bit and find out more about how you got into lego and what kind of led up to this yeah, um, I started Lego when I was three. Um, that is what my parents tell me. I even remember what my first Lego set was. It was set 6453-1, the Comlink Cruiser. Um, my parents got it for me and helped me assemble it when I was very, very young. Um, and I kind of was into Lego ever since then. It was the main toy I focused on when I was younger. It was all I wanted to build, and it was all I wanted um for presents for my birthday and i've kind of just kept going at it ever since then um i've had on and offs you know video games started to encroach on that territory over time when i got older and um i've been building ever since then college also was kind of like a lull in my lego enthusiasm but you know sometimes i had time between classes so i'd build some stuff you know buy some stuff off of craigslist i'd say that would be like kind of like my lego 
journey. Um, the more like professional stuff that I've been doing, you know, posting it online, making instructions and all that also started um, around the middle of the pandemic because I had, you know, a lot of time on my hands. So I kind of just fully dove into that and have continuing continued to do it ever since then. That's uh, that's incredible. Uh, I, I'm very curious. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned that you haven't really stopped. Does that mean you never had any kind of dark ages in terms of Lego? Not really. Um, there were times that I like didn't buy sets, but I would always play with them or I'd always tinker with them. I have Legos all over my desk. Usually, even when I'm like trying to clean, I'll find Legos as I go. So I'm a huge proponent of like table scrap builds. I'll just randomly <laughs> play around with parts and just see what I can come up with with a shape. And sometimes that'll become a build. Sometimes that'll become a technique that I'll use later. Um, I have Legos in my hands right now. So <laughs> <laughs> understandable, understandable. I, I actually I mean, I, I same here with my desk. I always have Lego on it. There's always a brick or a piece here and there that I end up look, realizing is, you know, on my desk and I start playing with it uh, when, you know, you you started doing uh you know, your own designs and mocks and things like that. Uh, what kind of spurred that? You, you said it was mostly around the pandemic time. Was that due to having more time in general or something that you decided that you wanted to kind of take on uh, independent of, of the pandemic? Yeah, um, I mean, I've been making mocks for like a long time. You know, as like a kid, I would build my own stuff, but like, I was never at a point often that I was comfortable to share them mm -hmm. um, until the pandemic started. And again, I had a lot of free time. So I was like, I'll just post all of this on Reddit and see what people think. And a lot of people ended up really liking it. So I just kind of kept going and seeing like, what else would they like that I have? You know, I have models that I've built that I made in my sophomore year of high school. So they're 10 years mm -hmm. old, some of them, and I still keep them together because, you know, it's part of my lego history so i have no reason to take it apart that's in, that's really incredible uh in in terms of starting you know to post those online was reddit kind of the main place you you started posting or were there other yeah. places yeah, yeah. It, was, it was mostly reddit it was mostly reddit um i used to have a flicker when i went to conventions my first convention as a attendee instead of general was also my sophomore year of high school um, I met a bunch of people there and they were like, oh, everyone's on Flickr. Everyone's on Flickr. I got a Flickr. I used it for maybe two weeks and just never used it again. I didn't like its design, I would say. Um, and then during the pandemic, it was mostly um, Reddit. And then over time, I started to have my friends being like, hey, you know, if you want to take this more professionally and get it to a bigger audience, you should get an Instagram. I was really against it for a long time until my friend who has an Instagram account for his dog was like, look at these numbers, look at what we're getting, just do it. You have nothing to lose. And yeah. here I am now. Yeah. So from, from, uh, so brief, ever so briefly Flickr and then Reddit and then, uh, some Instagram, how active are you in, in the Lego subreddit these days? I'm fairly active. Um, I spend a lot more time in the Lego star Wars subreddit. Um, yeah, I have some gripes personally with the Lego subreddit and how they f uh, function. Um, but the Lego Star Wars subreddit tends to be a lot more welcoming and a lot more mm -hmm. open. And then I also spend in some 
much smaller subreddits. There is the Lego Star Wars custom community subreddit and the uh, Lego Star Wars mock help community. I spend a lot of time there because a lot of people will post like work in progress pictures of stuff they're working on there. And I always love to help people with like designs, constructive criticism, you know, trying to help them navigate the difficulties of designing. You know, I, I I'm actually somewhat familiar with some of these these subreddits, but I haven't actually really been as uh, active in them. Uh, f- you know, for those that aren't really you know involved with them, would you would you recommend that as a place to kind of get uh, either inspiration or more uh, info on on you know mocks that people make in that in that realm or would you recommend yeah, any a- other absolutely i would i would also recommend like getting in discord servers for sure um i am in the digilug discord server which is the digital lego user group um mm-hmm. where everyone's either using mecha bricks or studio and we all post our models there discuss different techniques discuss the issues of digital building versus real building um i'm also in the brick labs discord a fantastic discord if you're into star wars or you know a lot of like professional mock making there's some fantastic users there um some who you've probably heard of before on youtube like mm-hmm. i know solid brick studios is there rich boy j is there first order lego is there Dave customs is there a lot of great this i think discord actually if you want like immediate responses discord mm-hmm. is the best place to get some help with um mock creation for sure all good all good resources it sounds like now uh when you when you first uh started working uh to stream on twitch how was that uh how did that come about um me getting into twitch mostly happened from my um vtuber friends Uh, i made a lot of vtuber friends i got into twitch because of a specific twitch streamer who i would watch his youtube content um Mm -hmm. and after a while uh, during again during the pandemic right i had all this time Mm -hmm. i switched over to starting to watch him on twitch and i really enjoyed that and then i remembered oh there's a bunch of other youtubers i know who also have twitches and mm-hmm. so I started watching them and they would raid other people. And I got introduced to the VTuber community, specifically the uh, Singaporean VTuber community. So I'm some friends from there and they, you know, I'd hang out in their discords often. I am one of their moderators. Um, and so we'd, you know, hang out and I'd post my models and they were like, hey, just just do it. And it was a rough start for sure. Um, it was very scuffed. It still is scuffed, but a little less scuffed. Mm. So I kind of, you know, it's hard for me when designing to also focus on the chat because it's like I'm really focused on my work and I want to work on my work. But I also think about, oh, I need to talk to these people who are watching me work and giving either suggestions or recommendations or just general discussions. Um, so I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it now. I used to do a lot more gaming content back then mm-hmm. when I first started. Um, the gaming stuff I've just had less time for because I, you know, the positive of me doing Lego work is the stream is kind of like double dipping. I get paid to make commissions. I then also stream the commission. So it's double dipping in the same pot, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of stopped having a reason to do the games. I actually haven't touched a game in like two months, which is a little wild for me as like an avid gamer a while ago but <laughs> yeah the lego's taken most of my time now so yeah tell me uh tell me about that so you do uh you do some commission work uh how how much of your uh your time spent is is doing commissions now ooh in terms of the lego stuff i'd say it's like a 
good 75% is commission work. Um, I have one person who was the first person who ever reached out to me, who was the one I on Reddit. He was like, hey, I love your work. I'd like to commission you for models. He has been my main person who commissions models for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually he gets primary go. So if he says, hey, I'd like this, he gets first pick. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. It's super easy to like just, you know, they send me the information they would like, like, here's the stats, here's the lore information, here's what I would like it to do. Um, and then I get back to them with like, here's roughly how long it could take, here's roughly how long it could cost. You know, I don't know exactly because every model is different. The complexity will greatly change the price and I'm willing to fluctuate how much I charge them as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really fun. I, I really enjoy it. Um, it adds on top of the work that I already do. So it's nice to have that extra income. I'm one of those rare people who can say my hobby pays me back to continue with my hobby, which is fantastic. That's really cool to hear, you know, that you're able to turn, you know, what you really enjoy doing into something, you know, gives back. And uh, it it sounds like the commission side of it has been very fruitful for you in terms of being able to, to do this sort of thing. When you, uh, you know, when when you started uh, doing commissions, what what kind of what kind of led you to that? You said the same person who's kind of your main uh, one of the, your main uh, people that you do commissions for was was also the first one to yeah. uh, reach out to you. How'd that come about? It was it was on Reddit actually. I, I posted one of my models on Reddit and uh-huh. got a lot a good amount of traction. And they reached out and was like, "Hey, do you have instructions for that?" I'm like, I've I've never made instructions for most of these models, so I don't. And they're like, how much would it cost for me to have you make that as instructions? And, you know, I gave them a rough ballpark that I felt was too expensive. And they were like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to pay for that. And I started and that was actually my first time doing studio. I've never used studio before. I had used Lego Digital Designer before, so I was roughly familiar with 3d modeling programs for lego stuff i've also done computer design work as well because of my engineering background so i you know started making some instructions for him and he just kept ordering over and over and over again which was a shock to me because i was like i thought i was charging him too much Um, (laughs) and uh, apparently i was wrong because he's been like 90 percent of my profit (laughs) yeah 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 how do you how do you even determine pricing for that sort of thing out of curiosity? I, I do it by the hour. Um, I think right. hourly is the, the easiest. It's hard to do it as a lump sum because, you know, it could be a really, really complicated model and it looks super easy on the outside. And then you start working on it and you're hours and hours deep. Um, the downside is, is that does scare some people away. You know, they hear hourly. They're like, oh, my God, he's going to charge me for 60 hours of work, which I, you know. I try not to do, and I'm I'm willing to negotiate if the person's on a budget. Um, one of my most recent models, a person reached out and was like, hey, I'd like this model to be made for me. Um, they told me their budget, which was, you know, a fraction less of what I was going to charge them in the end. But I was like, this is a model I'm very interested in. It was a model that's been on my radar for a long time. I'm willing to do it for this price. And you're just happen to be lucky enough to pick something that I love already. <laughs> So that ended up working out really well for him and for me because, you know, it was a lot of fun still, even though I'm getting paid less. It was still a blast. That's really cool with um, going by the hour roughly. 
I know they they vary in terms of size and, and complexity, but on average, how many hours do you spend on a commission? Um, on average, it's between about ten and twenty. Yeah, roughly. So you know you you've been doing you've been doing you know this um, digital design, uh, working in studio and doing commissions for folks. When you um, you know, when you first pick that up. Uh, what what was some of the 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 biggest challenges for you while you were trying to kind of learn all that? I'd say the biggest challenge for sure was making instructions. Instruction work is a lot of work, um, especially in digital programs. It's a lot easier when you have the model physically. You can kind of understand how to take it apart and be able to know like which piece comes together and how it comes together. Um, mm -hmm. Doing that digitally is a lot harder and it's a lot of work. There are ways to just, you know, select the whole model, click auto generate, but it often makes a lot of mistakes. And I prefer having that human touch because it feels more accurate to how Lego does things. And I like to try to replicate Lego's instructions. Um, when I first started making instructions, I actually just flipped through all my Lego instructions booklets and mm -hmm. tried to like figure out how they do things. And I tried to emulate it as best as possible because I'm assuming that the user, like it, I, it's safe to assume the user is going to be older, but it's not always true. And some people are going to be younger who will be buying my model. So I want to try to make it as easy to read as possible where I can. Do you have any any thoughts on how to get, you know, into uh, that more easily? Or is it just a lot of practice? It's a lot of just playing with it. Um, I feel that's the same for like a lot of like 3D modeling softwares. Just play with it in your free time and just see what looks good. See what's fun. You know, try emulating something else. I think that's a good way to start actually is if there's like a Lego set that you absolutely love, try to use, you can import that Lego set into studio, which is already fantastic. All the parts will be just put in there for you. And right. then you can build the Lego set, make the instructions yourself and try to see how well you can copy Lego's own instructions. And that's, I think would be really good practice for sure. That's some great advice for someone who is thinking about getting into this. Do you have any kind of, uh, gotchas or advice or any kind of ways to to kind of bootstrap someone who wants to kind of get into uh, working in, in studio and, and figuring out how to do design digitally? My best recommendation would be to just start for sure. Um, you know, get used to the program, get used to how the program works. I would absolutely recommend going to some of the subreddits like there's the r slash digital lego subreddit which is a great resource there's the digilug discord which is a great resource and just like asking asking around like how do i do this how do i do this how do i do renders how do i do instructions what's the best way to move the parts around what hot keys do you use or what settings do you use started i started to talk with asgardian studios and he gave some tips himself he was like yeah here's some of the settings that i use here's some of the ways that i do things and that the more you get like a, a pool of people who do the same thing with you you can kind of like pick and choose different ways other people do things and implement it yourself to make yourself better at the program very cool now because you do a lot of this on twitch how does that impact the work that you do while you're while you're designing live it doesn't impact it too much. It, it's mostly just extends the time a little bit, but I tend to cut off part of the time when I charge the person. It's like, oh, you know, if the stream was three hours long, but I only spent an actual two and a half hours doing work, then I usually 
tell them like, hey, I'm only charging this much because I was doing it on stream. The some of the downsides, right, is that you'll have some people who will recommend something and maybe you don't want to do that, which is, mm -hmm. you know, that's part of the downside of putting things publicly is there'll be people who disagree with you or you'll disagree with them. But I think that conversation makes you a better builder more often than not, you know, having other people's critiques helps kind of decide, oh, what does one person prefer versus another and how to kind of mold the model into a shape that everyone's happy with, which, you know, it's not always that easy to do, make everyone happy, right? But I try my best to try to add elements that other people recommend. Luckily, I've never had an issue where someone's just like mean about it. That's the only part that I'd like, I'd personally be upset about is if someone shows up and is like, I hate that it's dumb, you're doing terribly, blah, blah, blah. I've only had that happen once. Um, mm -hmm. which was not on stream. It was on Reddit, actually. And I stopped associating myself with that designer. And it happens. Some people feel that they're better than you, um, yeah. which is not a fun experience to have. I try to, you know, keep myself grounded as often as possible. That's why I often call my work garbage. You know, I always know that there's always a bigger fish in the sea. So you know, mm -hmm. keep yourself <laughs> as long as I know that I'm not good enough. I'll keep striving to be better. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. You know, in terms of taking feedback from others who are who are looking at your work, you know, especially during a Twitch stream, uh, has that at all affected the outcome of some of your work? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's affected it only positively because I'd say that the people who do look at my work, I think, are very nice and give constructive criticism really well and recommendations well. And I tend to more often than not take them. Uh, yeah, because they tend to be right. <laughs> um, there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I disagree with that. You know, I, I prefer it to look that way because of X, Y or Z. You know, it's cheaper. It's it weighs less. It looks more smooth or I like the transition better, you know. Um, right. But often I'll, I'll tend to take the criticism and the suggestions because it more often than not will make the model look better. And so I feel my builds have gotten better because of that, because I'm constantly working with other people and understanding how other people build things and, you know, <clears throat> their approach. And that makes me a better builder to just learn from others and how they do things, because then your tool belt of designing is just bigger every time. That's good. That's really uh, that's really good to hear. I think that that is probably what makes it so unique in terms of being able to do this live is getting that input from others in real time you know when you're when you're hanging out there and you're you're doing you know you're you're working on your design it, it's always cool to you know hear what people are are thinking whether you know whether it's something constructive or maybe something that may not contribute but i mean it's always good to hear potentially what 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 other people might think just by seeing it have you found that um on the other side of it has made it really hard to do do the job or or work on the commission that you're working on while being um, uh, on stream not not really i i feel i've gotten much better at it i was definitely it got too lost in the chat sometimes and would not be able to work on it well enough at the time but i, th I think i've gotten a lot better at it where like i can talk to the chat and design at the same time because you know i'll i'll try to set up my screens <laughs> properly to be able to get it to flow well when I'm working. Um, mm -hmm. So it's much better now. And it's super nice to have, you know, the couple of other mock builders that I have in my streams have those recommendations a lot. I'll, I'll you know, I'll see their suggestions as I'm building. It might be a little delayed. <laughs> my reaction might be a little delayed because sometimes mm -hmm. I'll have reference image open at the same time. 
and we'll have, you know, as I'm building, we'll communicate about different designs. They'll send Discord messages of like, hey, here's how I would do it, or here's a different way to do it. Or like, for example, I've had moments where I'm like struggling with a specific section. I can't really get the shaping to work out. And they will give recommendations or try to help out, which is always super beneficial because it makes me take up less time. Actually, it, it cuts down the hours needed because they have a solution that maybe I didn't think of which is always helpful. And then you just, you know, add that solution to your tool belt. You can use yeah. it again later. As someone who streams and and makes, you know, designs and mocks as, as part of the core of your content, how would you how would you describe that how did how is that different than than most other Lego content creators? I'd say the difference is well, first off, I don't have my camera <laughs> usually because um, it's all digital. So I'd say that's a big difference is I'm I'm all digital. Everything's focused on my screen, which mm -hmm. is difficult. Sometimes I feel like I probably would do better if I had my camera on so people could see me and the funny faces I make probably while building. I'd say the main difference, right, is like it's a lot of creativity is that's kind of what you're selling to the audience is, is you're telling them like, hey, this is what I can do. Watch me do it. Maybe it's interesting for you. Um, so I think I'm less close to brick building streamers who, you know, build on stream, build sets on stream or that kind of stuff. And more closer to like art streamers who do digital art on stream because mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, you know, I'm in a, in a sense painting with bricks pretty much. So I, I feel like my audience can be a little different because of that, but it's still Legos, right? So some people from the Lego community who watch Brick Builders would are interested to see that aspect of Lego, you know, the the customization, the doing your own thing. Um, right. I know there are some who do custom mocks, and I'd say I'm also closer to them for sure. Uh, uh -huh. The main difference is they do it IRL, so they have the actual pieces, and I don't because I yeah. don't have the space for that yet. <laughs> sure. Which leads me to another great question in terms of comparing digital building to real life building. What are your feelings on that in terms of, of how that's so different? Yeah, there. I remember seeing an article about it that one of the Lego blog sites did. But the positive, right, is that you have every single piece available to you as long as it's in the program. Right. It can come in any color, which is fantastic. And you can easily replicate work by just doing control C control V or copy and mirror, right? It, it reduces some of the time, but it also adds time because there's a lot of things that like don't work digitally that would work IRL, right? Like collisions is a big issue where it says a piece is not hitting, but it actually is. And the only way you would know that is if you built it IRL and actually tested it and figured out that like, Oh, that doesn't work the way I thought it was, or that doesn't connect, you know, building i think big mocks or like dioramas for sure i feel are harder to do digitally because that kind of organic touch you want to give to a diorama is hard to replicate because you know if if you're have a hinge piece irl it's not hard to move the hinge piece to the correct position and digital you have to manually click the hinge piece, manually click the hinge tool, manually move it into place, make sure it's not colliding. You know, that is really difficult to do digitally. And that's why, you know, it, digital is fun, but 
IRL building, I feel at times is easier. Um, but digital is fantastic if you're on a budget and maybe you don't have the money to go out and buy thousands of dollars of Lego. Your option is to do it digitally because then you can do whatever you want. Or like, for example, I made a model where there was uh, grass and I had to, I should have rotated all of the grass individually to kind of, you know, get that random grass undulation texture uh mm -hmm. if there's hundreds of blades of grass you have to manually click each one and rotate it into a position that looks good and have it not hit each other yeah if you were doing that irl that's much easier to do yeah yeah, yeah. are there are, are there any um other examples that you have in addition to those that are like this would be a lot better physically than digitally physically um I feel kind of like having all the pieces in front of you can be really beneficial. Um, mm -hmm. Just like throwing a bunch of pieces on the floor and being like, all right, what do I have? What are my limitations? Um, where digital doesn't have a lot of those limitations of like, you have all the parts available. You have the whole Lego catalog available, which then has the whole like, you know, the issue of choice, right? I have so many options. Which one should I pick? Which then comes into your own knowledge of like, what techniques do you know or do you have in mind to fix that problem, right? Is like, if I have certain slopes available, I am limited to, oh, I can only use those slopes so there are only these kind of techniques that are available where digitally it's, you have all the slopes so you can do any kind of sloping technique. Um, so that I think is some positives of physical building is the limitations of what you have, uh, but that can also be seen as a negative of you have limitations where digitally you don't. Right. If you're... Uh... You know, if you have someone who is really interested in getting into just mock building in general, mm -hmm. would you recommend, in what situations would you recommend digital versus physical to get started? I feel like I would recommend digital for trying new techniques that you haven't used before. Like, let's say you, a, a huge a place for techniques is tips and bricks i think is what it's called on instagram and their and their blog um they have a lot of fantastic ideas for how to use different techniques if you just don't have those parts you can just do it digitally and see how that looks and see how that feels and then decide in the future oh would i be willing to get the parts to attempt that so i think like stuff like that right it's like i don't right. have the parts i don't want to buy the parts i want yeah. to know how this looks or how this works just do it digitally and then decide oh is it worth buying these parts? And then the fantastic part of digital, right? You can get the XML file, mm -hmm. the file of all the parts, put that into BrickLink, buy all the parts. Yeah. As someone who is, you know, an active uh, mock builder designer, does digital, you know, does studio, what sets, what sets Thrawn's Revenge apart from uh, other, other mock builders or other digital designers, uh, whether they be on Twitch or on YouTube? What makes, what makes your, your channel and content special? I'd say the thing that differentiates me is that, well, first off, I, I do mostly Star Wars. Uh, most of my commissions are Star Wars. Most of what I love to build is Star Wars. So you'll see a lot of Star Wars content, which, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the one trick pony kind of thing. But. I love Star Wars, so I'm going to keep doing it, <laughs> whether people watch it or not. I think the other thing is that I like to do the super obscure. I don't like to do models that I feel someone else has already done because they've probably done it better. Um, mm -hmm. 
a lot of what I like to do for mocks is I'll look around and see, has anyone attempted this before? And if they have attempted it, do I feel like I could do better? Because I don't want to go, right? Like, let's say, for example, someone was like, hey, could you make an ATST? There are hundreds of ATSTs to choose from, a lot of which I would consider better than what I could come up with. So I don't want to go into that space of like little fish in a huge ocean. I'd prefer to be the big fish in a small pond. Um, yeah. which is kind of how I look at my mock making. So I'll always prefer to choose something that shows up in a comic once, something that is referenced in a book three times, you know, something that has a rough sketch and that's all there is. I feel that is much more exciting because it brings to light the obscure, the unknown. And that to me is more fun to like tell people like, hey, you've never heard of this here it is it's in lego form if you want it you can go buy it and now you're aware of its existence <laughs> that's very cool i like that approach because then i think i think as someone who you know i personally don't do a lot of mocking or, or designing in general but i would imagine you know like you said if there's been like particular things that people have done several times over i almost feel like that makes the experience of yeah, especially like if you enjoy the experience of, of making it from scratch, that can almost deter you because, you know, there's been this has been visited several times before. Is there is there is there a given, you know, mock or design that you're particularly proud of that you've come up with that isn't really of something widely known? I'd say I'm very proud of my all-terrain anti-air model i'd say that one's a lot of fun uh it took a lot of time to build it's 4400 parts which is massive i think it weighs about like 10 pounds i have ordered all the parts from evitz it should be arriving within the next couple of weeks and then when that arrives i'm going to build it irl which will be a blast uh, but i'm super proud of that one because i made it you know it, it looks almost perfect to the video game it comes from yeah. and i couldn't be happier with that outcome and then my most recent one uh the star viper which is a pirate starfighter also super happy with how that turned out that was the one that i you know charged the person less i put my whole heart and soul into that one because i wanted it to be perfect or as perfect as i could get it other people have done it one of the benefits of having models that people have done is you can take inspiration from other people of like oh that's how they did that part that's how they did that part maybe i can take bits and pieces from that but I don't always try to do that. I sometimes try to figure things out on my own, but I'd say those two for sure are ones that I'm really, really proud of for sure. Uh, I'm proud of a lot of my mocks. A lot of my older mocks I'm, I'm less proud of. I, you know, look back <laughs> and I'm like, man, I would just redesign this completely. I'd redo this. I'd redo that. I'd redo that. And sometimes I do do that and go back and redesign things as needed. Um, or someone will re redesign it for me. And I will ask them like, hey, is it okay if I can use this? Is it okay if I sell this? You know, those kind of questions and go about that. Or redesign other people's mocks. That's also really fun. Is like mm. put my own twist on someone else's work, I think is also super fun. As long as I get permission, of course. I always ask permission. Echo Bricks in chat asks, when designing, do you make a, a decision not to use really expensive pieces, colors in case you want to build it in real life? Yes, I do that all the time, um, especially when you're making a commission model. You have to keep in mind that at some point, some person is going to want to build this. And that is a conscious decision you have to have of is the piece necessary? Like, does the model, does the shape and design and structure 
get ruined if I switch this piece out for a different one. And then at that point, you have to just take the hit and know like, hey, that piece is like $7. I can't replace it. There's nothing I can do about it. And then other times it's like, you know, the interior of the model can change drastically compared to the exterior, right? If let's say the model is, for example, me and Luke Skydragon just finished the uh, Yuzian Vong Coral Skipper. That mm -hmm. model is purple. Purple is a very, very expensive color. Most yeah. of those scents are 40 cents a piece. But that means the inside should be the least expensive. So you can make it black, blue, red, green, doesn't matter because you don't see it when you build or you don't see it when it's done. So you always make sure that the, the internals are multicolored, rainbow colored, just like how Lego does it, because it makes the instructions easier to read. It makes it more fun because it's colorful. And then it makes it cheaper because if, let's say, a blue piece is like a cent and a purple piece is 40 cents, you save 39 cents. You do that through the whole model, you'll get a good chunk of the price out of the model. So that is something you have to be aware of. Sometimes, again, you don't have an option. It's the only piece or it's the only color or it's super obscure. I try to sometimes do part substitutions if it's really bad. Like, oh, that piece is $20. Here's an alternate version to make it cheaper. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not, you know, always possible. But I, I try my best to have that as an option in my instructions. I would imagine definitely when you do these commissions that there is often that question or weighing of is this better is this better for the model <laughs> right will this make it drive the cost of it up more and is that is that worth it right is that yeah. often a thing yeah absolutely i often try to consider that into into my model making as well and then of course if it's a model that other people have done before right I find it also important, like, well, I'll look into theirs and see, like, how much is theirs cost? How many pieces is it? You know, is it is it something I could easily buy? And if not, do I feel I could do that better? Could I make it cheaper? Could I make it more pieces? Could I make it less pieces? You know, that kind of stuff I, I keep in mind often to try to make sure to have it more interesting. Because if I'm going into a space that other people have models, I want to make mine different or stand out comparative, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I don't think a lot of people uh, really realize or, or think about. Thank you for that that insight. When it when it comes to models, because earlier you you mentioned that you worked on something with a, a another person. How often do you do you collaborate in general when it comes to this sort of thing? I haven't done it often, but I've started to do it a lot now because I feel it's more interesting. <laughs> I think it's more fun. Yeah. To have another person there and like try to discuss our thought processes or how we build and compare it to each other and two heads are better than one so having two people there is is a, a blast i've wanted to get into it after i saw brick vault uccs slave one and uccs millennium falcon because mm -hmm. the list of contributors on those was like three or four people for a single model and i was like how in the world, do you have so many people working on the same model? And yeah. luckily, some of those people are in the Brick Labs Discord. And so I reached out to them and was like, hey, how did this work? How did you go about this? What was the process for this? And they talked to me a little bit about that process. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this too. So yeah. I've now, this is my third 
collab model that I've recently finished was the Eugene Von Coral Skipper. Um, another collab model I'm working with Asgardian Studios is EC Henry's rendition of the Porsche Pegasus. We are getting really close to finishing that one. It is a massive model at like 3,500 parts. Another model I did was with uh, Scruffy Brickherder, who makes a lot of uglies on Twitch. He, they're the starfighters that are kind of cobbled together by pirates. You know, TIE Fighter yeah. lands, X-Wing lands. You take the parts of both and throw them together and you got a spaceship. <laughs> um, so we did a collab model as well. And so I'm trying to get more and more into working with other people because it's good for my content. It's good for their content. It makes it more fun when there's another person on my stream. If I'm able to do that, having two people kind of discuss live the building process, I think is really interesting for the viewers for sure. Um, and it gets more chat activity, right? I'm talking, the other person's talking, we're all discussing, chatting about Star Wars, Star Wars related media, the build we're doing or Lego in general. How common how common is that in in the in the design and, and digital design world to, to collaborate on on projects um, like that? I feel it's fairly common. I've I've definitely seen a good amount of it where people will collab with either other digital modelers or other mock makers generally, or maybe um, I've seen on Instagram they they jousts where people will like it was a really interesting concept that I saw from two Instagram users. I don't remember their names because um, if I tried to find them, it would take too long. But they were mm -hmm. like used a specific piece. It's like, oh, we're both going to use this piece, and each day we'll make a different model using that piece as like the base, and they'll go back and forth between each other for like seven days, where they'll wow. just like build different things. And it's so interesting to see like, oh, the the one that I'm thinking of, they used Hulk's hand which is a super weird piece to use yeah. to base a model off of, but they made some really unique designs that I just never would have thought of. And that kind of like collaboration, I think is really cool. Making models together is really cool. Um, there's artists I know, like 3D artists or 2D artists um, or like animators where you would work with them and they would animate your model. They would make a sketch of your model, that kind of collaboration I've seen as well. Um, and it's just interesting to kind of, you know, mix different mediums together with Lego, I think is really neat. Yeah. I know one builder who's like a mech builder. He has a company that traces his models when he takes a picture and they make it into like a 2D anime sticker, which is super cool. Or yeah. another one that does like tiny little, uh, they, they, they're three stud builds. Like the people are three studs. And so all the builds are based off of that like measurement and they'll animate scenes for them using their builds and that's super cool i've been actually looking for people to make animations of my models because i want to oh, do yeah. that um, i have no animation skills that's, <laughs> that's really cool i didn't even know that that was as common as you're you're describing that's really awesome oh, yeah. uh you know when, when you talk about this it's it's really cool to hear are there any particular other designers or or animators or anyone you know, in this in this circle that you would love to just collaborate with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'd need to go to my Instagram and find, <laughs> check some of them out. But um, like modelers like Jarek, I absolutely love Jarek's work. He is an incredible designer. The way he makes his shapes and his his scales and his techniques are just so unique. Um, the same with Inherit Lego. Um, he's fantastic. He's made some models for I'm for either New Element or for Tips and Bricks. I think he's done some for both. Um, they're both fantastic 
fantastic builders. Um, there's a lot of builders in the Brick Labs Discord that I would absolutely love to do models with. And there have been discussions before about like, oh, we could do that model together. Oh, we could do that model together. And it's kind of more of an up in the air conversation kind of where we're like, I'm giving suggestions to people like, what if we did this? What if we did this? And trying to see who's interested in doing it. Or like um, I've done some work with Hamish who did some work on the uh, Brick Vault's UCCS gunship. He's mm -hmm. made, uh, not, not gunship, uh, Millennium Falcon. He's made stickers for me for some of my models where when you buy the model on Rebrickable, it will come with a UCS sticker that you could put on a plaque to make it look like a UCS model, which is super cool. And I'm incredibly grateful that he was willing to even take any time to do that, which is kind of why like, I feel the mock community making thing, you know, the whole mock building community is very willing to help you all the time. Yeah. And so I always feel like I have to give back to that when someone's like, oh, I can't figure this out. I'll easily spend, you know, a couple of hours on studio and try to make something and be like, hey, what about this as an option? Or like you could use this piece or that piece or maybe try this or that color or that texture, you know. It's all about supporting each other for better growth, you know, to become right. a better builder. From speaking to to other or other mock builders in general, I feel like there's that same, I think, dedication and support across that community helping each other or like you said you know maybe you'll spend some time in studio coming up with a solution which is is very cool to see that you know there's that willingness to help each other out so we 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 talked a little bit about you know who you'd like to collaborate with in terms of designing something together is there any anyone on twitch in the lego community that you actually would also like to uh, collaborate or do some kind of crossover with uh, whatever that might look like? Um, honestly, anyone, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> for me, the collab is less, you know, like, yeah, it's it's nice to work with someone who's bigger than you to get like that extra oomph for your viewership or your, your content. But also working with small people is also super fun because then you bring them up too. I, I would work with anyone if, if they're interested, honestly. <laughs> I'm not picky on who I work with as long as you know the content yeah. is good your work is good I I don't I'm not really picky on who I choose you know as long as it's something we both are can relate to some sort of content we can relate to or some sort of idea we can relate to I'm I'm always down to work together to work on something is there anyone on Twitch specifically that inspires you in terms of like Ooh. building or designing Brickenick for sure. Brickenick's models are fantastic. I love how he I love his Lego room first off. If I could <laughs> if I could just hang out there, I'd be set. <laughs> yeah. But I I really love his his kind of the joy in his models. You can you can feel the warmth and love that he puts into his models and you can I can feel that for every design he's made. Mm -hmm. And it it has this like, you know, this warmth, this this feeling that makes it's comfortable, right? His models feel comfortable and he would absolutely be a, a model worker that I would love to work with if he'd ever be willing to. Um, I've also talked to him about wanting to interview him about the whole Lego Masters stuff because I've I've interviewed one person from Lego Masters. So it'd be cool to interview him as well about, you know, his experience and all that and what it was like to build with the TV on, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, set to build would be another one. Um, I'd be willing to work with set to build and cranky bricks for sure. Um, Brickanista, we possibly might do something there. We're not sure. We're still figuring all that out. So that's a possibility as well. 
it doesn't matter how good you are or how not traditional you are or maybe quote unquote not good you are i would just love to work with you know another person it just makes it <laughs> more fun and more exciting and you know you both learn from your own building techniques and your own way of approaching things your creativity you know putting a little bit of you into your work and other people's work is is a lot of fun when you think about doing what you do and you're you're also broadcasting it on twitch live what what do you find and we already touched on this a little bit but what do you find to be the most challenging thing about generating uh, content specifically while doing digital design yeah that that definitely is a challenge of trying to make something interesting to watch i would say sometimes my content is not interesting to watch Totally, because it's like, oh, he's just working on a model. He's not really talking much back. You know, that's a little boring. I, there's not much I <laughs> could do about it. Um, I have a very strict policy on how I design my setup for Twitch. Um, I don't like clutter. I really like simplicity. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will have the kind of interactivity in their Twitch. And it's not a bad thing, but I want the sole focus to be what I am doing and not something else as a distraction. So mm -hmm. the downside is, is all the weight is on my back. Like <laughs> it is my job to carry the stream and yeah. figure out like to make it interesting for other people, um, which is it has pressures in it. And it means that sometimes my content might not be for a certain person, but you know, that's okay. I'd, I'd prefer it to be that way. Um, or sometimes I have nothing to build. That's that's the worst is when I have no ideas, I can't think of something. And then that's usually where I'll either play games or maybe I'm too tired to, to do a proper stream and I'll play games instead. Um, but some of my ideas usually for that, like the alter alternate options is sometimes I'll build not Star Wars stuff, you know, something different or something that I just am inspired by. Um, I have like a list of things that I want to get to, but just haven't. So I've been busy with commission builds. Or I just want to build something that I normally don't build. Um, like in uh, one of them that I have in mind is uh, there's an artist that I'm a huge fan of their music, um, Geoxor, and they have an artist who makes art for each one of their songs as like an anime girl, like a cute anime girl. Um, and one of them that was recently released had a really cool concept for their character. And I was like, ooh, that would be fun to build in Lego <laughs> and mm -hmm. tag both of them and be like, hey, I made your character and used your song in this Lego post, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's also where I, I I tend to kind of lean on brickheads sometimes of like, I don't, I can't think of something or I don't want to work on my normal work right now or I don't feel like doing commission work right now. All uh, Brickheads tend to be a good option for me where I'm like, I'm going to build a brickheads of a streamer. I'm going to build a brickheads of a content creator or brickheads of a artist i like or a brickheads of a character i like that usually tends to be like a good a good fallback for sure of like oh i don't know what to do or i don't want to do this i want to do something different so i, I got options which is nice when uh, when it comes to you know sometimes you don't feel like maybe working on a commission or like you said maybe uh you, you just don't feel like doing the same thing you usually do what keeps you motivated to keep uh, even doing like streaming or, or twitch content usually just breaks um that's sometimes why my schedule is a little everywhere sometimes i don't just, just don't, don't feel like it um mm -hmm. and so i'll go do something else or maybe i'll design off stream um yesterday i didn't feel like streaming you know i came home it was friday i was like eh, i'm not really feeling it today so i just 
didn't stream me designing that day. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll do that. Uh, but the other thing is that the motivation partially is like, oh, I'm designing anyways. I should just stream it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the motivation, right? Sometimes the tiredness will be stronger than that. And thus I'll just not stream. Uh, but more often than not, it's like, oh, if I'm designing, I might as well stream, you know, tip, dip in the, the pot twice, right? Uh, the motivation is just like also partially, you know, I love Legos. I, I don't think that's going to be going away anytime soon. So because <laughs> I, you know, I've done it for so long. I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a fantastic creative outlet for me. You know, I, I'm always down to just go back to making something, designing something or like sometimes, you know, I'll like wake up at night and be like, oh, I just thought of a great technique idea, you know, and test it out on studio and then get back to it later on stream and be like, Hey, I made this off stream. Take a look at what I thought up or like I worked on this off stream and stuff like that. If you weren't primarily focused on star Wars, right. Would there be another, would there be another focus or theme that you would be really all about designing within? Um, probably video games. Yeah. Like a lot of video game themed stuff. I've done some video game stuff. I did a single destiny build cause someone asked for it. And I needed a break in between Star Wars models that were two different shades of gray. So <laughs> I wanted to throw some color in there. And so I did a Destiny model. I made a uh, Destiny Briggs, which was blue, white, gray, and light blue. So, you know, that's a more interesting set of colors. So um, stuff like that would, would definitely help. So, so video games, for sure. Video games are like art. Um, I'm very heavily influenced by other people's art. I love art, specifically any form of digital art or 2D mm -hmm. art or drawings and stuff like that. Um, so I have done like, oh, you know, I like that piece of art. I'm going to replicate it in Lego because I think that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have like examples of that on my Instagram. And sometimes I'll tag the artist. Sometimes I won't tag the artist, you know, music as well. Um, I'm very influenced by music. So, you know, when I'm listening to music, I'll have an image in my mind of like what the music feels. And so building that image um, would be fun. And I have a bunch of those in the back of my mind of like, here's what I see when I hear this music. Um, I just haven't had the time to work on it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, definitely. Everything we've covered so far. I mean, it just sounds like you've got a pretty, pretty good amount of experience now doing what you do, designing, lego models in general doing it on stream is there anything that you would tell a a person who is like i really uh i really enjoy you know doing some some digital design but maybe they they want to take the leap into twitch uh content creation what would what would you tell them specifically as someone who's like you know i'm i'm gonna get started but i'm i'm not sure what i should be aware of going into this that's a hard question. Um, honestly, I'm not really sure because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of just just dove into it and yeah, no expectations. Um, and when I started, you know, not that many people really watched. Um, it was mostly like you know the friends that I made from Twitch stuff, so they'd you know be around lurking a little bit. So I guess expect a slow start for sure. Expect that not a lot of people will be there, and that's okay. You know, if they're interested, they'll be there, and if they're not, they won't. They won't. And that's just but it's all about like starting, right? Making stuff, doing things and make what you love, make what what is fun to you. And as long as you are having fun, then other people will also have fun. 
would you give uh, yourself that same advice uh, if you were able to talk to yourself as, as a fresh streamer or would you tell yourself something different? I'd probably say the same thing. I mean, yeah. I probably wouldn't take it to heart, but <laughs> right. It sounds like this, the stereotypical, Oh, you know, just start and figure it out as you go and people will come. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like that's kind of been, you know, the truth for me, right. Is like on Instagram alone, I just hit a thousand followers. I, if you had asked me two years ago, do you expect a thousand people would be interested in your work? I would have tell you, Oh, oh hell no, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Who wants to look at my terrible work? Uh, apparently I'm wrong so yeah it's just about content creation just make make and someone will be there to say i like that thing yeah <laughs> you know yeah how how do you think your your own content has grown since you've started i'd say the mocks have been getting better that's for sure um uh -huh. my my building style has greatly changed and evolved um especially with taking you know the suggestions of other people super helped make me a better builder for sure and watching other people build or looking at other people build collaborating with other builders um definitely has elevated the mocks themselves in terms of content i think that'd be hard to say i feel like my youtube channel is still the same <laughs> um sure. the positive is I've, I've been given some more content right from other people right i i got reached out by a company called webricks um they specialize in fake lego it is lego but made in china um mm. and i was willing to work with them because they don't have any tendency to steal other people's mocks so i was i was like yeah sure you know here's a model that you could send me send it over i'll make a video on it and that's that's a video for next week right and as long as i keep working i i feel i get more options of content to make right people will reach out to me with suggestions or ideas or you know, stuff like that. And the more I grow, I feel my pool of options has grown with it because of just recommendations. And as a person who has, I feel run out of physical models to show on YouTube. Uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the money to be buying, you know, a $300 model every time to show. Definitely. Uh, I'm stuck yeah. with a $300 model. That's just sitting in my shelf collecting dust. Um, other options for, for content is, is fantastic. Yeah. In general, there aren't, really a lot of digital designers on twitch from what i can tell yeah, and uh, that's definitely something that seems like an opportunity for people who already do it you know whether they're doing it um just on their own or they're doing it on youtube or in recording the process i feel like there's potential opportunity for people who are already excited and and do do that sort of work I think it is. I think it is realistic solely because like if you're already doing it, you might as well stream it at the same time. Um, I think the difference is like a person to person kind of situation of like, how good are you at also multitasking, right? You have to multitask of like talk to the chat, discuss with the chat, you know, keep the chat involved somehow, yeah. um, which is not an easy thing to do if you're also working on something. But I mean, other artists seem to be able to do it, so I don't see why anyone else can't either. Um, you know, practice makes perfect. I wasn't good at it at the beginning and yeah, I eventually learned to get better at it over time. The, I think the biggest issue is that it's a really niche market. Yeah. A lot of people like Legos. And so there is the Lego brick building community because they feel it's less about being there for the bricks and it's more about being there for the person who's making the bricks, right? You're right. putting your own character into it. 
where I feel the design part is less about your character and a lot more about what are you doing? How are you designing? How are you working? The, the more art side of things, right? Looking mm-hmm. at it as an art, art medium, which is not always that interesting for everyone, right? Like there's a ton of artists out there for sure. There's tons of people who draw, tons of people who paint, tons of people who sculpt and make and that kind of stuff. The amount of people who do that in terms of Lego, I think is much smaller. So the demand is not super high, but you could, you know, take a little bit from the art people who are like, oh, it's it's like model work. It's like sculpting with clay, but just different or taking from the brick building community of like, oh, it's like a set, but you have to design the set from the ground up and make it your own. I think it has the space to grow. Um, just more people need to be aware that there are mock builders who do their mock, mock building IRL. Um, and there are mock builders who do it digitally and they want to show you their art live. You can see how did they make that live. <laughs> is you know, really cool. It's really cool to see that process. Yeah. I do feel like there's a place for this as as is kind of evident in the greater Lego community. It's been slower to kind of take shape, but I believe that this is something that will certainly continue to grow. And uh, I, I, I personally believe that there's 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 a there's a not just a place for it, but I think there's going to be uh, over time. It may be slower, but I think I think we'll see more people interested in it for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I hope so, for sure. For sure, um, a lot of builders, from what I've seen, prefer to like kind of focus on the build. And usually, you'll find out like, oh, how do you do that? How do you, how did you make it? How did you design it? You'll usually find out from just like contacting the builder, talking to the builder in person at a convention. Right, um, has been a lot of my experience. But I think with the the growth of online communities and the growth of streaming things and that kind of stuff, you're starting to slowly see more and more people more comfortable showing their process, showing how they do things, Mm -hmm. um, kind of unveiling what's behind the curtain, how the sausage is made, which hopefully as the the audience grows, so will the amount of people who are comfortable doing that. Yeah. Uh, Echo Bricks asks, do lego ever use techniques that you've never seen before in their sets or are they behind the mock builders in their designs yeah lego has definitely used techniques that i've never seen before um that's one of the benefits of constantly buying lego sets is you'll learn you'll learn just from watching lego do things and i think that's great is lego themselves i mean they are the ones who make the bricks they're a great source of inspiration of like how to tackle a problem or how to get a certain shape. I mean, like one that comes to my my thought um, when I made the Mandalorian brick head, the way they did the head was so different. I was like, I never would have expected that from them. Embed different plates in between panels and like lock them in place. It was genius. And I absolutely would love to use that technique in one of my models. So you can't you don't have to just learn from other mock makers you can learn learn from the company themselves because they're always making new products their designers are professionals that's why they're paid the big bucks and they work at lego you can (laughs) you can learn from them you can learn from mock builders you can learn from youtubers you can learn from art itself there are tons of places for inspiration and techniques uh mevitz bricks asks uh do you ever stream building the designs that you uh do Yes, I have. Um, the downside of 
buying the designs and building them uh, is that they're expensive. Um, <laughs> as you would know from the one that I bought for me recently. Yeah, yeah. It's not always cheap. And that's kind of like my biggest hurdle. And that's one of the reasons that I, I so vehemently push towards selling instructions, trying to work with companies, um, is to get the money back and use that money to buy models IRL because I want all of them. I can't afford all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. So I, I do want to get more into that. And hopefully um, when that model comes in, um, the company that I work for, for jarjarbricks.com, um, they have their own models. Those are being shipped to me as well. Uh, hopefully I'll have like a, actually a good amount of IRL building I'll be able to do, which will be, you know, a different kind of content of like, hey, I built this and design this now watch me actually build it IRL and figure out, um, does this work IRL? And we'll find out together. You know, I'm, I'm really curious cause we've been talking a bit about how you support the hobby, right? You do some commissions, uh, for the designs and, and you sell instructions and things like that. Have you ever thought about setting up a Patreon? I have a Ko-Fi. Uh, oh, awesome. Do horribly at promoting oh okay um, because i don't know how to use it oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah the, the big issue is of like like i've I, one of the reasons i don't do patreon is because like i'm really i'd say in the know with a lot of the art world um a lot of artists left patreon for their Fair. policy changes yeah um i was in full support of them i completely agree that that's just not Patreon should not be doing that. I don't agree with their reasoning. And so I wasn't willing to use Patreon because of that. Fair. So I do yeah, have yeah. a Ko-Fi. Um, the biggest issue is, right, I, it's just me. Um, I have yeah. a lot of work that I have to do for my Instagram. I have a lot of work that I have to do for my Rebrickable that I'm behind on. I have the designs that I do. I have the streams that I do. I have the YouTube content that yeah. I do. I work with the companies to make models and kits and stuff. I'm spread thin enough that, like, fair. Ko-Fi kind of takes a backseat of yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's a place where you can support me um but the content on there i i don't know what to do with it i've posted yeah. a couple of pictures on there of like work in progress kind of stuff yeah and i have like a, a, a I, i'm part of a discord where i post my content content on there too but I, I just don't know how to integrate that kind of like donation kind of idea yeah, that's fair. properly. I'm hoping that as I grow and my Twitch grows and my YouTube grows and my Instagram continues to grow, I can find a way to integrate that in a way that feels proper. Yeah. Um, but until then, it's kind of right now left in the dust of the, sure. the best way to support me is buy my instructions because then you're okay. getting a product for it that answers my next question was how do how how to best support you so uh yeah. that would be instructions um it's, it's mostly yeah. instructions is, is the biggest one um commissions uh, as well if you're ever interested and oh there's that weird superhero character that i'd like a little brickhead of or there's that thing that i would like a custom kit of that kind of stuff is a great way to support me that's on the more expensive side and then the other way is, is of course, instructions is a great way. Kofi, if you'd prefer not to buy instructions, you know, throw a couple of dollars my way um, there as well. And then, of course, like watching my YouTube content, subscribing to that, watching my Instagram content and following and all that jazz usually would be, you know, okay. the non-monetary way of supporting me would be just following what I do and enjoying what I do and just hanging out. Sounds like you got a lot of plates spinning. There's a lot of going on there. There's um, 
lot of yeah. things that you're up to. Is there um what 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 is next for Thrawn's Revenge in terms of things that you're working on and what what to expect in terms of content and or uh models or designs that you're making? Um next I got two commission models that I will be working on shortly. Um one is the V-Wing airspeeder, which is a very unusual shaped speeder fighter kind of deal. Um, another one is the M-Wing, which is, shows up in a single comic book. It's a hodgepodge of Y-Wing parts made into an M-shape. Um, so those two models are coming soon. <clears throat> I finished the uh, Uzi and Vaughn Coral Skipper recently. I posted that on my Instagram today. That will be getting instructions soon. I hope to buy the Star Viper at some point now that that is fully done. I want to build it. I want it IRL, and then I'd be comfortable <laughs> posting those instructions because... I don't know if that model works and I would love to find out if it works because if it doesn't work, um, I'm going to have to figure out how to make it work. And in terms of like IRL stuff, I'm trying to go to my lug meetings more often. So I'm trying to show up to those and then conventions um, starting to become convention time. So I'm going to Brickfest in my neck of the woods, which will be in August. Then I want to try to sign up for Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle to show some of my Star Wars models there. And then in the first weekend of October will be the uh, BrickCon, where I will be bringing as many models as I can fit in the back of my car. And I will be there for that convention as well. And then on top of that, I hit a thousand followers on Instagram, which is awesome. I will be starting a competition on Monday where anyone can enter the barrier of entry i made as low as humanly possible so anyone can get in it's super easy it is a 30 part build challenge where you are supposed to use 30 parts or less to design your own custom star wars vehicle star wars tank star wars fighter star wars ship star wars droid some sort of object non-living object and you will submit that on instagram or my discord and there are four prizes and there are two stages so it'll be a lot of fun to see the entries for that. And I'm going to make some really interesting content for that, which is why there's two stages. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the coming up stuff. And then, of course, models, hopefully soon, IRL models. So more IRL building soon is the hope. I made an IRL build on Thursday. I hope to do more shortly. That's exciting. There's a ton of things going on. And it looks like, you know, there's there's a lot to expect. And that contest sounds really awesome. Uh, how can they how can they get in on that again? So I'll be posting it on my Instagram on Monday. I'll be posting it on my YouTube on Monday. The only requirements that I can think of right now, because I haven't fully flushed out everything, it's it's kind of still a work in progress, is you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel, um, and you have to post the model either on my Discord or on Instagram with the hashtag that I will be making, 30 parts or less, Colors don't matter. You can just write, oh, it, this should be this color. This should be that color. I'm sure. trying to make it as open to everyone as possible so that even people who don't have a lot of Lego or who aren't um, incredible mock builders, they have a way to enter and they have a way to win just as much as anyone else. Uh, and then the voting will be left to the public. That's exciting. Sounds like there's a lot going on. And just really quick off offhand, which, uh, what, what's the URL for your Instagram and YouTube channel? My Instagram URL is Instagram.com slash Thrawn's Revenge. 
slash. Okay. And then my YouTube channel is also Bronze Revenge, the easiest way to get to my YouTube channel, since it is a little hard to find, is through my Instagram. I have a link tree there, and that has everything. So YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, the Discord, Rubricable, the stores that I work with, and my Ko-Fi. Great. Get in on that contest. Uh, definitely a lot of cool things coming from Thrawn. I often ask this um, towards the end of the interview, but you know, now that you've had a chance to sit through this uh, experience that is crossing the streams. Do you have uh, anyone you'd like to see on the show? I would say I would love to see Asgardian Studios, of course. I work with him, and he is also a fantastic builder. He does the same content that I do, um, so that would be really cool to see. Um, that's currently the only one, actually, that comes to mind. Maybe yeah. uh, Box Commander. He doesn't stream, but he's also a incredible um, builder and designer. I think more. I would love to see some like mock builders on the show. I think that'd be really cool to see people who like maybe they don't stream, but they just do Instagram work or they just do Flickr or something like that, and they're well known in the community. It'd be really interesting to see like their experience, their um, relationship to Lego, how they started, where they where they came from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and their techniques and styles and more into the the, the building building of, of Lego for sure. All great. Uh that that's a great idea. I think that's definitely something we'd love to do more of on the show. And uh you know as Guardian Studio is also just a great great person to to look at for this uh for for the same reasons we had you on here is to to get some of that ex experience uh, on it. I believe that we we definitely need more representation of whether they be mock mock builders or designers, digital designers. So definitely, was there um was there anything that you had anticipated me asking you that I I didn't get to or something that you had expected to? to talk about that we didn't get to touch on today i don't think that much i mean i i thought there'd be a bunch of questions of like my other content of like the youtube stuff the sure. kit making stuff um, yeah as well or like i thought there'd be a lot of personal questions so <laughs> i said i didn't have to answer too many of those um do you um, want to talk about a little bit about your youtube the youtube side of sure. what you do yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah why don't you why don't you have, yeah so i have a youtube channel where i kind of just rant about lego um, and I show okay. my models. Um, it's a great way for me to promote my rubricable as well as right. I'll have a video of a model and then I can, when I release the instructions, have that video on there on top of all the images and all the designs and the, all the stuff that you normally would need for a rubrica model, which gets a lot of traction of people coming in being like, oh, you know, I found you from such and such model or such and such model, um, which is a great way to interact with people, I feel. And yeah. then as well as like just my opinions on certain lego things right like my opinions on how is lego doing right now in sets am i concerned about the future or like what do i think about star wars the branding or my opinion on custom pieces right i got some clone army customs models in the mail not too long ago i made a video about my experience with custom minifigs custom weapons from brick arms or other people custom pieces like crazy bricks is custom legs i got some of those for my stormtroopers to try to see how those are like i hope to make a video about 
decals. I want to try doing decals live on a YouTube video and trying to apply decals on a minifig and see how that process is like and my experience on that. Talk about as as I have the um, the model that I got from Webricks. I plan to have that model on Monday. About oh, here's the model that I made. The twist is this isn't Lego. Is this worth it? Is this something you could look into? You know, if you don't have the money, is this possible? If you're looking for specific colors, is this possible? So I'm exploring Lego deeper into its different niche things of custom parts, custom models, doing things on your own, you know, discussing Lego and how they do things, what I like, what I dislike, that kind of stuff. What was it like getting started on YouTube? Where are your thoughts Ooh, on uh, getting that all rough. going? It was really rough, actually. Um, I started first with uh, making videos and after effects and talking about the mandalorian as it was airing that did not work well <laughs> that did <laughs> not work well why I not didn't know what i was i didn't know what i was doing um the market kind of wasn't there not sure. a lot of people were really watching and i kind of didn't like making the videos i didn't like i mean i still don't like making videos but making videos for me is it feels like a lot of work you know i have to really focus and I, i'm a person who tries to do things in one take as little cuts as possible i want to be like as realistic as possible right um i don't know why <laughs> um, the it was just i didn't think the content was good and so i took a really long break from youtube and, mm. and getting into it and now i feel my content is much better yeah um i feel like after the break that I took, uh, the content became much more interesting and my viewership was much higher, right? If I compare the first one, two, three, four, five videos that I made from when I first started and then compared to the video when I came back. Sure. Um, after I was had people being like, hey, you should just do Lego stuff. Just make a Lego channel. Don't be Star Wars. Just be Lego or Lego Star Wars or like a mix of the both, right? Um, yeah. That video did much better than everything before it. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of my focus is the more Lego related content and like a Star Wars related content. When it comes to the content that you do on Twitch, how does that overlap with any of the YouTube stuff? Mostly the speed designs. Like if I have a model that I plan to just make um, and I'm not selling instructions, right? If it's a free model, that's great. I can then take that stream speed it up and make a video on it yeah those don't always do super well because it's not interesting for everyone um mm -hmm. and they would usually prefer to just go to the instructions themselves and just download them and build the model themselves so that's like kind of the only real crossover other than like at the end of videos being like hey i designed such and such model on my twitch here's what it looks like here's the end result yeah. Take a look when you get a chance. The VODs are still up. That kind of stuff. So the integration isn't perfect. I feel it's a little hard to integrate them properly. Yeah, that, I'd say that's my kind of opinion on it. I've thought about doing builds on stream on Twitch and then taking the, the Twitch build and speeding that up. But it's like, I don't know how interesting that would be. And I don't do it very often. And then the the YouTube videos themselves, because of the way they're shot and the way they're done, it would be hard to try to implement that into Twitch. You know, the other way of like, do the video, but on Twitch, it'd be a challenge to try to figure that out as well. It, there's kind of like a soft line, I'd say, between the two because they're it, they feel so different and they work so different. 
Right. Um, but they connect a little bit here and there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always cur- I'm always curious to figure out how to make those um, overlap. Right. Yeah. Mostly out of a time like in interest of time, right? Like how could, Absolutely. how could, how could you make content that you intend to be a YouTube video, but also be done live while on Twitch? But you know, it's certainly, yeah. like you said, it, it, for perhaps the way you have it set up, it wouldn't really work out the way you would want. Uh, yeah. I, I feel that the connection of YouTube and the connection of Twitch together is really, really difficult solely because the content needed for each is so different and the ones that tend to do the best are ones that are able to kind of segment their twitch streams into certain parts right where it's like oh this is the main focus of today's stream but here's like other stuff before and after that main chunk of content and that main chunk of content gets turned into the highlight right i'm i watch Pay Money Wubby, who is the biggest streamer that I watch, the only large streamer that I watch. And his content is very focused solely on him. But there's there's a bit every stream, right? It's like, oh, we're going to make HelloFresh live on stream. Oh, we're going to look at video game characters and try to figure out who they are from a for specific body part. I won't get into which one. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that kind of content he's able to segment. And that makes the transition between the two really easy. So you watch the VOD if you want the whole experience, you watch the YouTube video if you want the cut down, shorten experience. I feel with Lego, that's really, really difficult to do because doing a review would be challenging because you also have to focus on your Twitch stream, right? You have to focus on the people that are there. So you can't cut that up into a YouTube video without it feeling choppy. Um, you could do the live building. That would be your best option, in my opinion, is like doing me building a set live on stream, taking that stream, speeding it up and posting that on YouTube. But then why would you just not go to watch the Twitch stream instead or build the set yourself? Um, I feel it's kind of conflicting interests when Mm. it comes to YouTube and Twitch integration in specifically the Lego community. Interesting. Interesting. I feel I feel like there's there's potentially an opportunity there. Kind of depends on how you would want to actually present. Yeah, I, uh, I think you definitely have to like chunk it and like figure out what specifically do I want to focus on the YouTube portion, um, sure. which is hard for Lego because where do you draw the line? <laughs> um, let's see. Mevitz Bricks asks, have you thought about doing how to videos on YouTube about studio? I have. I have two of them currently. I haven't done that many because the interest about them hasn't been super high. Most of my high traction videos tend to be about actual models or fixing models. Um, So, for example, like taking a Lego set and changing it to be more accurate or making it more interesting. Um, That kind of content seems to do the best. But I do have two YouTube videos about one is my crash course for BrickLink. To, to how to use studio by bricklink and then the other is a kind of like lego techniques and then instruction making as well if there is more interest in it i would be more than happy to make a video of how to use studio how to use studios parts and pieces how to design or how i design again i they base it all a lot off of what gets the most interest on views and so far it's been making a model building the model, showing the model on the YouTube video, talking about it, where it comes from, its history, you know, its relationship to Star Wars, its 
special things that it does or how it's designed and then plugging in everything else of like Instagram, Twitch, all that stuff. And then the rebrickable instructions, which are for most of the models. Thank you for that answer. There's definitely, I feel like maybe, yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm kind of surprised that there's not enough interest in, in YouTube videos about like learning studio or like ways to, to get more out of it. But you know, maybe, maybe yeah. there, there, maybe there's um not a, as much of an audience as I would had expected there. Yeah. I feel a lot of the YouTube audience. Cause like I'm in the same group as people like rich boy j solid brick studios first order lego um mnr productions pachiriku like those kind of builders who are all about like here's a set here's my opinion on it and then here's some custom work i've been building on here's my opinion on this person's custom work i've been building on here is me building a model irl sped up that kind of stuff that's kind of the same ballpark that i'm in um, especially mm -hmm. with the star wars content for sure it's mostly focused on like the irl the the show me an item tell me about the item and then your thoughts on the item that kind of stuff is what gets the most interest um or set modifications and stuff like that is definitely where the content is well great we learned a lot about you today thron appreciate you coming on and thank you for being a guest on on this episode thank you for having me this leads us to the final the final piece of the the episode which is i often ask uh, the guest, uh, if they have any parting words or what they would like to say uh, as their as their final words um, on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. I love Lego. I've loved Lego for a long time, so <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep doing this um, until you know something happens where I can't do it. Hopefully that doesn't happen. So expect more models. Expect more streams. Expect the continuation of the YouTube channel. Hopefully some more partnerships in the in the future more collabs i want to grow more do more meet more people um interact with more so just uh reach out if you got an idea reach out if you got an interest or something you'd like to work together on i would love to hear from you and um my dms on discord and instagram are always open and i check them often <laughs>